Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. One of the things you may have heard about in this year of mercy is the doors, uh, of the mercy doors at various parishes around the diocese. Of course, the cathedral is where we open the year of, uh, of mercy. But there are several doors around the diocese, and one of those at uh, what may be our most famous church in uh, western New York. It would kind of be uh, hard to argue that. Our Lady of Victory Basilica. And when we talk about mercy and the, the year of mercy, we also think of the, uh, the, the homes of uh, charity and the uh, Baker Victory services and the great works of mercy that Father Baker did. That's what we're going to talk about today here on Western New York Catholic Weekly. And joining us is the pastor of Our Lady of Victory. He's also the president of uh, the institutions there as well, uh, Monsignor Paul Burkhard. Monsignor, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Greg. Nice to be back with you. Oh, let me ask right off the bat, just because, you know, if I was sitting in front of the radio, I guess I'd want to know the same thing. Uh, any news on Father Baker you can share with us? Well, uh, there's always news on Father Baker. Okay. Uh, I was over in Rome in late October and early November uh, working with them on the cause, and we're moving ahead. Uh, it's a very complicated miracle case that they have in front of them. Medically, it's very complicated. Uh, and so we keep working our way through medical testimony. I took some additional medical information with me when we went. Uh, met with a new doctor who's reading the case with us uh, because he's a specialist in an area that uh, the miracle's involved in. Uh, so we're moving ahead. Uh, it's a slow process. Uh, Rome always thinks in terms of 100 years when we want to have it done tomorrow. And, yeah, and you know we <clears throat> look at the down here. Of course, you know we see the news. Things come in from the Vatican and Zenit every day. Really, I mean, we get something in our, in the USCCB, and of course, you see uh, you know new causes um, approved and whatever else. So we always hope that Father Baker is going to be on that list. And you know, not yet, but we're getting there. We're so getting there. Yeah, that's working right. at it. That's right. That's good. Um, well, you know, we talk about this year of mercy, and and you know, I started with uh, Father Baker, and that might be as uh, good a place as any to start as well. When you think about, let's say, the works of mercy, particularly the, the corporal mm. works of mercy, although, you know, Father Baker, no slouch in the spiritual works of mercy either, of course, right, right. Uh, or the parish for that matter. <laughs> but in, in Western New York, of course, you think about Father Baker, among other things, like Catholic charities and the Catholic health system yeah, sure. and, and those kinds of things as well. But... Um, you know, in in this year of mercy, tell us a little bit about those uh, those works. Refresh our memory about the the great works of mercy that Father Baker did. Yeah, Pope Francis has asked us to come back and reconsider the works of mercy, the spiritual and the corporal works of mercy during this uh, this year. And I think for some people, it's a it's something that's been a memory for them. Maybe haven't thought about them individually uh, for a long time. Uh, we learned about them in catechism when we were young sure. kids, yes. uh, but uh, we might not have thought about them. We probably do them, uh, even though we don't think that that's what they are. But if you remember from your catechism that the corporal works of mercy are to feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, shelter the homeless, care for the sick, visit the imprisoned, and bury the dead. Um, and if you want an example of how to do that, all you have to do is look at Father Baker's life. Uh, <laughs> That's he what I was did thinking. Every yes. one of those over and over and over again. He's the the example par excellence for us in Western New York on doing the works of mercy. 
Sure. Uh, uh, now, obviously, things have changed since the the days of, of Father Baker. What are the earliest things that that he did in terms of, of his mission? Everybody knows about the you know the the adoptions and the the boys' home and that and that kind of thing. Is that really the starting point? For him Actually, in terms you know, the, of the starting ministry. point, the starting point for Father Baker was before he even went to the seminary. He was a member of the Saint Vincent de Paul Society at the cathedral, uh, and in those days, and as as they do today, the the uh, Saint Vincent de Paul members uh, really do the groundwork of the works of mercy. Huh? It's uh, their foundation, it's really. Their, that's I mean, a, it's, that's yeah, what they're all about. Yes. And uh, so he was assigned uh, as uh, one of his assignments from the chapter of the, the, the St. Vincent de Paul Society at the cathedral to work at the property in, well, then West Seneca or, or uh, what we call Lackawanna today. And that was the orphanage and the, uh, and the infant home. So before he went to the seminary, uh, as a layperson, he was, still, he was already doing the works of mercy. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely instilled in him. Uh, and as far as the um, you know the what came first, the chicken or the egg kind of kind of thing, um, you know, eventually he gets a priest, he gets assigned to yeah. what what becomes our, our Lady of of Victory. What were the what were the priority stages? What were the what were the what were the first things that he did at the parish? We think about right again. I mentioned we we think about certainly the. Um, the adoption, the, the infant home, um, but then there's also building this yeah. church, right? <clears throat> right, that's right. Well, uh, when he got there, there was a small orphanage and a small protectory okay. on the property. Uh, they had been there for a number of years, and uh, he uh, uh, had worked there, of course, with Father uh, Hines, uh, who was the pastor when he was uh, a lay person, when Father Baker was a lay person, and uh, so he was very interested in those, and he he actually rescued them almost from dissolution because they were in terrible financial situation when he got there and he really worked hard to build them up and to get them on a financially stable uh, groundwork. Um, so those were his initial priorities plus the parish which was called St. Patrick's at the right, time. Right. Uh, and uh, so he had the parish and a parish school there. In fact, this year is the 120th anniversary of our parish school going way back to the time when it was called St. Patrick's School before it became Our Lady of Victory School. Wow. So uh, um, again, the instruction part of the works of mercy yep. going on hand right. in hand at the, at, at the uh, uh, same time. Um, now, it, it's certainly no uh, secret that Father Baker was a great, in addition to um, doing those works of mercy, he was a great fundraiser. Right. Right, mm -hmm. and uh, you mentioned at the at the start of the show. By the way, we're talking with um, Monsignor Paul Burkhard uh, from Our Lady of Victory, and talking a little bit about Father Baker and Our Lady of Victory in this year of mercy. Um, I think sometimes you had mentioned earlier about how we kind of do works of mercy. We don't think about it, right, mm -hmm. in terms of those corporate or yeah. spiritual works. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, the Catholic Charities Drive, of course, is, is coming up here okay. as Lent's going to begin. And, um, you know, and, and we talk about Father Baker and the fundraising there. That really offers opportunities for people who, well, I don't know what to do. I can't. You know, I can't work in an infant home, and I can't work in a soup kitchen, and mm -hmm. I can't teach at a at a school. Um, the fundraising part really is an important 
work in itself, right, in terms mm-hmm. of people being able to contribute to these works. Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah. There's an old saying uh, in church circles and fundraising circles, no money, no mission. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have the money to support it, you can't do the work. Uh, and so uh, people who do contribute and who may not be able to do hands-on uh, work of mercy uh, who, who contribute to it financially actually make the mission possible. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there, there's certainly many works that um, were, were funded through those, those early days with uh, with Father Baker. Um, you know, one thing that uh, is near and dear to, to my heart and my, my family's heart, because that's where my wife started a career at Our Lady of Victory uh, Hospital, mm-hmm. and um, so so put that in the in the in the timeline for us. You know, he he built up the. Uh, uh, you mentioned the the infant home right, was there yeah. when he started the adoptions and stuff, and he kind of built right. that up. Yeah. Um, but at some point, he, he decided that uh, you know healthcare and 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 dealing with illness was something that was important there in Lockwood. Yeah, it actually grew out of an, out of an earlier mission. Um, the protectory and the orphanage were the first stage. Then uh, the second stage was the infant home uh, where he had offered an opportunity for women to come for a safe delivery, especially those who were uh, who were having children out of wedlock, which was a, a great scandal in those days. Um, and so he turned the – what was the infant home, one of the second institutions he built up, uh, into a delivery hospital. And then that grew into the Our Lady of Victory General Hospital. I remember in that area, it was pretty remote at the time, even from the, from downtown Buffalo. Yeah, we don't think about that. Right. right. I you mean, know, we're only seven miles away, but yeah. boy, in those days, it was a long way. And health care was pretty distant from those folks. And so it grew into the general hospital for the area there and existed there uh, until uh, – as a general hospital until uh, it was turned over to Catholic Health. Yeah, and that um, – uh, Late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, was that early nineties. When they happened, early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, um, just to give people a, a frame of reference on that as well. Want to talk about how those works continue in in terms of, of what goes on now at the, yeah. at the institutions of of Our Lady of Victory. Uh, we, we mentioned the hospital, of course. At, at some point, you know, they they turn that over to. Uh, um, Catholic health, and of course, changes in the healthcare industry across the board yeah. in terms of how many hospitals we have in the area and all and all those yeah. Yeah. those kinds of things. Um, Father Baker had a good handle on that. I think. I mean, he seemed to have a vision for what are the needs of people, and he didn't do anything that didn't really fill a particular. Need true at that time, true. you know, in his yeah. lifetime. Uh, during his lifetime, however, <clears throat> there were so many needs. Yeah, uh, the world was changing literally under people's feet. Uh, families were being torn apart. Uh, it was the tail end of the industrial revolution. Um, illness had gone through the area here. Uh, there was poverty of all kinds, and so. Uh, I always say Father Baker never saw a need he didn't want to meet. Uh, he always – if he saw a need, he would try to create some kind of a program or put in place some kind of people who could help people in that difficulty. Uh, he was always a person who looked ahead, uh, saw what needed to be done 
and then put something in place to make it make it happen. Yeah, very much so. And we'll talk as we go into the second part of the program here this today about uh, how that continues at Our Lady of Victory. My senior Paul Burkhard, no stranger to our program or the people of Western New York. I know many of of you visit Our Lady of Victory at different times throughout the year, which is one of the reasons that in this year of mercy that uh, they have one of the doors of of mercy at Our Our Lady of Victory Parish. Um, Of course, a a basilica, we remind folks what a basilica means. Well, the basilica, Greg, is a church that uh, has a a special relationship to the Holy Father. Um, A church is named a basilica by a pope uh, either because of its uh, architectural uh, beauty or because of its special significance to an area or sometimes both. Uh, and so a pope yeah, in names your it, case in our case both, is yes. both yes <laughs> uh, and uh, the pope names it a basilica uh, which puts it in a direct line with the holy father um, it has uh, insignia in the basilica that are pertinent to the papacy um, I tell people that if a pope were ever to come to western New York he would be He'd go first to the basilica, which is his church in the area, before he even go to the cathedral, which is the bishop's church. Uh, and so uh, we have uh, a special affiliation with every, any, every pope and any pope. Okay. Uh, now, again, I want to go back to the to the institutions that, that Father Baker founded. Let's, let's talk about today. What are the what are those works of mercy that you're still doing at the institutions today? Sure. Here? You know, Father Baker's mission grew over the years, uh, and it was a continual growth. Uh, and Father Baker always looked to see what needed to be done, what needed to be changed, what needed to be added. And so over the years, in his time and then after his time, uh, the institutions continue to grow. Uh, Today, any given year, we are servicing over 5,000 families. Uh, And our mission is basically vulnerable children. So anything to do with children who are in need, whether that's psychological, emotional, spiritual, uh, educational, uh, Baker Ritty Services has programs to accommodate them. Uh, we have uh, group homes uh, for handicapped uh, children. We have schools for children who have learning disabilities and or uh, emotional difficulties that are strong enough to keep them from uh, succeeding in a regular school. Um, we have uh, we continue a foster care program. Uh, we have some medical services that we provide for people. And we have a dental clinic, uh, which last year did um, over 11,000 procedures, mostly for handicapped children in western New York. Uh, we're actually going on the road with a, a mobile dental chair. So oh, we get wow. into areas that don't have adequate me- uh, dental care. And uh, that's one of our newest initiatives uh, to try to keep up with the needs that are around us today. Uh, we all know how important dental care is these days. It's, we're finding out even medically how important that is for our general health. Uh, and so that's a new need that we've kind of uncovered and are trying to meet. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things about Western New York, I, Lackawanna, I mean, obviously you're fairly centrally located, you know, in terms of the, the metro area. And, um, you know, it's still very much, interestingly, it kind of thought of as a blue-collar town yeah. still, you know, a lot of working families in, in Lackawanna, a lot of poor Families, it's Western yep. New York. We keep hearing about how the Buffalo area, you know, ranks top three in the country in terms of poverty, and right. that uh, so that need continues. But you know, I think people don't really think about that. If you don't have a car 
in no. Buffalo and Western New York. That's right. It, it's really difficult. I mean, the metro lines are fine, but they only go certain places in certain yep. directions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, right. it's, you know, uh, sometimes if you want to provide service, you have to be where they are. They can't come to you. And we're finding that out. We've got to go where the, where the needs are. Yeah. Uh, and for us right now, it's uh, uh, central city and rural areas. Uh, outlying rural areas have very poor dental care, particularly in that area. Um, and uh, so we're concentrating on those right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I want to talk to you in terms of this. We mentioned the the hospital as far as the, the work's going on there. Of course, your dental facilities are in the old uh, hospital building. The renovation for the senior care there is no. – yeah, I mean it's a ama- it's an amazing facility. Yes, it I, is. we're talking world class, top notch facility mm-hmm. here. Right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and Catholic Health was the the organization that put that together. Yeah, uh, it's a Catholic Health building now, but it's a it's you're right, cutting edge, state of the art care for elderly, both the uh, people who can take care of themselves in the apartment area, and also people who need extended care. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's a really really important issue these days. That that corner in in Lackawanna is still vibrant. Yeah. You know, well, I'm, Father Baker called it the the Hill of Charity, uh, <laughs> and it still is the Hill of Charity. It right? is. Yeah. It is very much so. Um, yeah, and you know, I'd I'd be I'd be remiss as an aside if we didn't mention, um, you know, one of the works of mercy, of course, bury the dead, and yes. in the spiritual side, pray for the living and the dead. One of the most beautiful. Cemeteries in Western New York is right there as well right. in that hill of charity. Yeah, Holy yeah. Cross. Yeah. Had a lot of history. Uh, huge history. Uh, lots of really important uh, and uh, very interesting graves uh, in the area there. Uh, and it still serves people. Uh, Catholic cemeteries of Western New York have done a good job. Yeah. Uh, and it's very beautiful. Uh, and, of course, we use it as our prime uh, cemetery for the Basilica burials. Yeah. Um, of course, we're, I think, more interested in the pray for the living aspect uh, in having you on here today, <laughs> which certainly Our Lady of uh, Victory Parish does, very vibrant parish, a, a very large parish in, in western New York, particularly in an, in an urban area of, That's right. of western New York. Yep. And uh, you mentioned the school still going strong. How large is the school? About the, 220 children okay. in the school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, the parish has about 3,000 families yeah. in it. Uh, over five, almost 6,000 people belong to the parish. Um, and uh, we're a regional parish. The basilica is like everybody – Everybody's parish. Yeah, it's like the cathedral in yeah, some ways. Yeah, in some ways it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, people come there. They feel comfortable there. Uh, people come to pray there, whether it's their parish or not. Um, we do confessions on Saturdays and before uh, First Fridays and other days like that. Uh, and I would say that probably two-thirds of the people who come to confession there are not parishioners. They're from outside the area, but they like to come there. So we have we provide regional services, which, by the way, is one of the missions of a basilica. Uh, the basilica is supposed to offer extra spiritual services for the people in the area in which they are. They're really seen as regional churches rather than yeah. – Par- exclusively parish churches. Well, and, and you know, just an extensive schedule of liturgies as well. That's right. Yeah, thing right. Yep. Uh, two masses a day. We have two. Well, we have two masses a day, and during the school year, three. Three. Yeah, yeah. Because yep. you have the school. Uh, we mass. have the school yeah. mass uh, on uh, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for our school children, and of course, we get anywhere between thirty and forty thousand people from outside of Western New York annually coming to the basilica for. 
the architecture or Father Baker's tomb or to pray in a nice peaceful setting. So we really are a regional church in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, and, and of course, the shrine aspect, right, of the of, of the basilica. Yeah, sure. Um, you yeah. know, that's a that's an important element um, that makes your parish unique. Sure, and that was Father Baker's vision. Uh, the church was uh, incorporated as Our Lady of Victory National Shrine, yeah. and basilica later was added um, after the Pope had made it a basilica once it was open. So Father Baker's vision was that this would be a, a national shrine to honor Our Lady of Victory, uh, and the word of the shrine he helped to spread from the very beginning Absolutely. across the country. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, just. Uh Phenomenal. Of course, now the uh, um, if people have not been there in a while, or have you know maybe did a tour years ago, or or something like that, that whole experience is different now too. I mean, you people think about the church, but just the the um, the museum now that, right. that are in the lower mm-hmm. level and the store. Um, you know, it's a great experience for folks, right? And that's one of the notions in this year of mercy that idea of pilgrimage, right? right. That, exactly. that you make a pilgrimage, mm-hmm. and what yeah. even for locals, that's that's a great pilgrimage. It is a great pilgrimage destination. Uh, And we really do. We always do. And this year we've seen an uptick uh, in the number of pilgrims who come to the the Basilica, mostly because of the Holy Year door. Um, And uh, it's it's been a pilgrimage site for many people for a long time. People come annually, make their annual pilgrimage to the Basilica. People come for the first time and keep telling me they're going to come back again frequently. Uh, so it's de- definitely a destination spot for folks. Yeah, yeah. So, um, for the sheer mercy, anything that uh, you folks are doing uh, uh, different, additional? Uh, Lent's coming up, so I know that you participated in uh, uh, Advent for the additional confession times. That's right. For, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, what are we calling that? Uh, the light, light, is, the light on, is on, right? I love, the, I love that right. notion. Yeah, the light is, the light on. is on for you. you know? And to sure. think about the light being on in every church in the diocese, yeah. Uh, and that's practically the same time uh, is a great concept, isn't it? Uh, and a great sign of, of God's mercy in the sacrament of reconciliation. Uh, we have something almost monthly yeah. that's going to kind of highlight the year of mercy. Uh, some things are things that we would have done annually anyway. We've got our annual Lenten mission coming up later in February, February 22, 23, 24. This year the theme is the year of mercy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in March uh, – Every church that has a door will be open from noon on March 4 to noon on March 5. Every church in the world uh, that has a door will be open during that time period from noon to noon on those two days uh, and uh, to highlight the year of mercy. I think Bishop Malone is planning on coming to each one of the churches in the diocese that has a door for the year of mercy during that 24-hour time period for something or other. Um, April 3rd, of course, is the uh, early this year, but it's the uh, year of divine or the week, the, the, the feast of divine mercy, right, right. Uh, the Sunday after Easter. Uh, and so we'll be highlighting that as we usually do. Uh, in May, our May crowning ceremony this year is going to be the theme with Mary, the mother of mercy. So we're going to tie that, uh, tie that together. Uh, that's a major theme for the year. And then in June, uh, in the first Friday of June, uh, which is, uh, First Friday is always, of course, dedicated to Jesus' merciful heart. Uh, we'll emphasize the year of mercy there. And then in the fall, we don't have a date for this yet, but we're planning an ecumenical Vesper service uh, for the, the clergy of the area and congregations in the area as well. Oh, that would so be great. What, a, a and what better on. setting for yeah, that, really? Yeah, a lot of things going on. Yeah. Yeah. And during the year, 
we are actually going to be dedicating and consecrating a new altar of sacrifice in the sanctuary of the basilica. Uh, we have uh, a generous donor who unfortunately died but left us money uh, and part of the legacy was for a new altar of sacrifice in the sanctuary. So it's being built right now. Uh, as you actually are talking here, it's, it's under construction. It's being built by a local artist in the area, and we hope to have it dedicated during the Year of Mercy. Oh, that's phenomenal. That yeah. would be great. A nice yeah. addition to the space, like it needs anything else. But, I mean, <laughs> right. wow. Yeah. I mean, because Our Lady of Victory is amazing. If you haven't been, folks, really, uh, you know, especially in this year of mercy, make a take a day and just, just stop out or, or go to a, a weekend mass. Plenty of opportunities for mass at uh, Our Lady of Victory. Um, if you Google Our Lady of Victory, it's going to come up. You won't have any problem finding it. No so problem at all. Just, uh, just easy. <laughs> so you'll find out all the things that are that are going on. Uh, Monsignor Paul Burkhardt is the pastor at Our Lady of Victory, also president of Our Lady of Victory Institutions. Uh, Father, thanks for, for coming and spending some time Great with to us. be with you, Greg. Great thanks to, very much. Always great to talk about the Basilica and Father Baker. People never get sick of hearing about them, do they? They don't. Everybody yeah. asks about it. Everyone wants to know about it. Yep, it's absolutely. Great. It's the best good news story in western New York. Uh, well, talking about works of mercy, Lent, of course, is upon us, and uh, we're going to talk about the many works of mercy during Lent that uh, Catholic Charities does. It'll be a nice kind of Lenten series for us, and so uh, um, not only will you, will you get to learn about the works, but uh, you'll get to learn where your dollar goes and how you really are a part of these works of mercy um, in supporting Catholic Charities. Same thing when you support our great institutions like Our Lady of Victory. So we're going to hear about about that during Lent. You can find uh, all the info and listen to our programs online at buffalodiocese.org. Just go to the news tab and look for radio. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org.